Welcome to the Sellernomics Podcast, where we share valuable tips and information in the Amazon and e-commerce space. Each week, we deliver the best interviews with some of the top Amazon personalities in the industry to help you grow your business. Today's episode is brought to you by Gatita, the global leader in FBA auditing and reimbursements. Get $400 in free FBA reimbursements at gatita.com slash sellernomics. And now, here are your hosts, Rob Stanley and Lisa Kinski. Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of Sellernomics. My name is Lisa Kinski, and I'm joined by my co-host, Rob Stanley. And we have a very exciting guest for you guys today. We have Jason Shea. He's with Seller Fuel, and he's also a seller on Amazon himself. So this topic that we're discussing today of why hiring is vital to an Amazon seller success comes to him both as an agency owner and as a seller himself. So let's bring him on board. Jason, how are you? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me on your show. Oh, thank you so much for being here with us, love. And I want to point out too, your episode of Prime Talk is actually going to come out shortly after this episode. So you guys can definitely head over there and check out that and hear Jason's entire selling journey. It's it's a really inspiring story. I definitely recommend that you guys check it out. But today we are talking about hiring winning players for your Amazon business and why that is such a key to your success. So Jason, I mean, where should we start? Like, who should they be hiring for? Where do they find people to hire? I <laughs> Let's mean, go with <laughs> with who. Like who's who's begin? your first hire? <laughs> who should Amazon? Uh, what when Amazon sellers are selling? Kind of what do you see as the first hire they should be looking for uh, as they start to grow? Well, my recommendation. I mean, when I first started in my selling journey, it will be definitely looking for someone that's almost like an executive assistant that can help with almost a little bit of everything. Well, some people call it like a general VA, but I like to call it an executive assistant because they not only help assist me on the calendars and maybe they will also do a little bit of supply chain negotiation and also do a little bit of um, like research on products and pretty much initially because when you are starting out and you don't really have a like a big remote team yet um, my suggestion that based on the people i talk to that usually work the best is like starting someone that's like an executive assistant pretty much you're trying to clone yourself doing a, a lot of the very time consuming process that you're currently doing yourself and that will be the best hire initially uh, I think for a lot of the seller, of course, different seller have different like uh, needs, but usually the most common one that's very time consuming is anything that related to Amazon account management or anything that's related when it comes to like supply chain. So because that's negotiation with the supplier, that's like if you use a CPL, you need to make sure all the product get into the CPL and get into the Amazon on the timely manners. All of that, that with the help with like the first um, executive assistant, this kind of person can... Um, uh, potentially help you with a lot of those very time-consuming tasks that, unfortunately, all of our seller we need to do on an ongoing basis. So, yeah. Yeah. What What are some of the qualities or skills that you're looking for in you know in that first hire? Because sometimes, you know, supplier negotiations are can be a little intricate. I don't know if that's the right word for it, but they, they require a lot of attention and a lot of knowledge about the supply chain. So what are some of those skills or qualities that you're looking for? I think the number one quality is definitely communications regardless. And when I talk about like negotiation, I'm not asking you a first hire to go negotiate a better payment term. <laughs> that would be a little bit too hard for the first hire. But it's really on just keeping track of the communication, see where the status is, 
where the you know the current production is at and whether or not Amazon check it in. Like those kind of routines checks, that's something you can create like a SOP and processes that you can have uh like a daily, weekly, or even a monthly checklist for your team or someone on your team to follow. So I think definitely number one is communications. Number two, I I believe a good culture fit, but before we you have a culture fit, you actually need to create a vision on what your culture look like. Otherwise, if you don't even know what is your vision as a business owner, how can you expect someone on your team to follow that? So um, for us, our current internal process is uh, as part of the onboarding meeting, we do show and you know have a I have a one on one meeting with the new hire alongside with our HR manager to kind of explain on. Um, what we stand for as a company, what is our goal. And actually our core value is only four. So F for fun, U for upbeat, E for efficient, L for limitless. So fuel, mm -hmm. F, U, yeah. So that's oh, kind of our that. core value. And we try to hire based on the core value. Like do they, are they a really good like personalities and the cultural fit? Because everything else, to be honest, is teachable. But you couldn't teach someone's personality. That's just kind of the way they are. And um, in, initially, when we start hiring process, sometimes we look for skill, more for like cultural fit. And most often than other, I feel like in the long term, it just doesn't turn out. Even so, they might have a good skill, but it's like a cultural mismatch. They just they're just not as passionate. <laughs> That's just their personalities. That's not really hard to change. I mean, you can do give them all the training you have, but. It couldn't change someone's personality. So I think initially looking for that, of course, communication is the key. Um, and also second is a cultural fit. Yeah, Jason, I, I think you brought up a good point. And I was going to ask you, uh, when it comes to that hiring process, are you looking for somebody who is super skilled or somebody that has the basic skills or enough skills, skills that you could teach them your process and your way of doing things? Uh, or maybe it just depends. What's your thoughts on that? Our typical process is usually we we hire someone that have like basic knowledge, but then we try to train them based on the way we want to operate things. I find in the long term, you have a few benefits. First, you can hire someone a little bit cheaper because they don't have 10 years of experience doing Amazon FBA. Mm -hmm. And yeah. second, if they do have 10 years of experience doing Amazon FBA, now you need to retaught them a lot of things. They learn a lot of bad habits from other companies. Yeah. That is usually sometimes it's yeah. not the way you want to do it, but they have been doing it so long. It's you kind of need to untaught some of the process they learn, mm -hmm. and I find it sometimes it's more counterproductive. So it depends. Of course, it depends on the position that we are mm -hmm. looking for. We do usually look for a few years of experience um, under their belt, but uh, for some like a little bit simpler like customer support rep. That, those kind of positions usually we're looking for like great communication and great cultural fit and also very willingness to learn. That's mm -hmm. like a key because um, you could be working in the Amazon or e-commerce industry for many, many years, but as we all know, it's evolving on a daily basis. <laughs> you yeah. keep on changing. <laughs> so you, if you don't keep up with like the latest trends, it's hard for you to get on top of the things and you can easily fall behind. And I think that's something that all of us that uh, is selling on Amazon sometimes fall behind on because Amazon just keep on changing their policy continuously. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's it's hard it's hard to stay on top of it. Back to what you said about the 
having a culture fit. I, I think that that's something that Amazon sellers don't really focus on is what does their company stand for? What does their culture look like? But if they do and they know what they're looking for, what is your interview process? And and what would you recommend as tips for interviewing for these positions for Amazon sellers? Because my hunch is more than most of them have never actually interviewed somebody mm -hmm. for a position before. It's it's not a, a common experience that folks have. So what are some of your tips for interviewing to get those culture fits? Um, I've seen a few things before we even start hiring process. Um, the way we do it currently is we have an internal, like a role document that kind of describing exactly what we're looking for. What is this person going to do? What is the basic position KPI that we want to set this position? before we even start the hiring process. I feel like that's important. So internally, you have an understanding on how are you going to measure this person's success before they mm -hmm. start. Then you kind of translate that information into a job descriptions, um, which we, we mostly use like online jobs. It's other like, uh, because most of our team member currently, it, we do hire from Philippines. That's kind of our main uh, like country that we're hiring people mm -hmm. from. Um, as a team, we have about 13 people. We're still a very small. Uh, agency uh, currently but uh, the other thing for the process is um, the, in the current process after they submit the applications um, we actually ask them to submit an application form at the end of the uh, application form after they complete it we send them a link to go it's called like a, well the software we use is called Willio but there's a couple other ones that's similar to that is where you can do a one-way video interview is what is also called an asynchronous interview. So yes. pretty much the candidate log into a port like online portal and go interview themselves based on the question mm. you ask them to answer. And it's time is recorded and they need to answer the question just like any other interview because it's gonna time out on itself if you don't answer it fast enough. So we find it a little bit more efficient because um, sometimes some of the candidate doesn't show up <laughs> to the interview and then we're like chasing people down and say, oh, we are supposed to be at the interview with no one come. So that first um, application then followed by a one-way interview that really kind of speed up or at least make our process more efficient. And when it comes to culture fit, that's some of the question we ask in that in initial one-way interview. We do ask them a few questions that's culture related, like where do you learn about us? Why do you think you are a good fit? And why do you even want to work with us? Some of those like basic questions you can gauge by the way they're answering and uh, by just looking at the recording. And usually our current HR uh, manager will review all the applicants. And then based on the answer, she usually will pick um, like three, uh, usually three to five, like best candidate that will do a second round interview with. Then uh, based on that, she's going to do another round of selections before I get to see the, the applications and do that, do the final like a CEO interview at the end. Yeah. So, so our current process is a little bit longer, uh, but I think for, for those sellers that's currently listening, that's their first VA that they are trying to hire, at least have an application form. I think that's critical because if yeah. you just use online jobs, I mean, that's a lot of the a lot of the people I, I talk to, they use online jobs to hire. If you don't use the application form, what you'll find is you will get a lot of tire kickers. People don't even really qualify <laughs> just trying mm -hmm. to apply. <laughs> and then you get like hundreds of applicants. There's no way you can go through it. So I find like at least having a gated applications so uh, you will really streamline the process. So you don't even look at their application until they fill out a basic application form, which you can easily create using like a uh, Google form, which is free, or mm -hmm. there's like uh, other 
other software you can use for surveying when answering uh, that initial application uh, process. I think that will be very helpful for someone that's kind of new to like hiring. Um, and one more thing I want to point out, we usually look for is internet speed and also computer spec. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> because we're like remote force, the, the, the remote workforce, sometimes it struggles the most. It's like, oh, the internet is so slow. That's like they couldn't join the meeting. <laughs> or the computer keep on crashing or freezing because like everyone's working from home. At least that's yeah. the way I structure it. I talked to some like big seller. They have like an office in Philippines where people, everyone go to. But unfortunately, that's not how I currently set up. And it's, I feel like that create a little bit more complexity. Now you need to have a... Mm -hmm actual office in somewhere in the Philippines that people commute to. So we we just asked all of our um, current team members to work from home. And that's actually one thing that actually attracts some people that, that want to work for us because they can work from home. Of course, you have its mm. pros and cons, of course, <laughs> of working from home. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it does sound like you, you have a pretty robust system, but even just adding in that extra layer of the self-led video interview, that tells you their level of intent, their level of interest and in how motivated they are actually are to get this job. Because I'm sure you get applications where people will fill it all out and attach the resume. And then it says, you know, self-led interview. And they're like, I'm not going to do that. Like, <laughs> I didn't want it that bad. You know, so that yeah. really like tells you who's who's actually involved in the process. Um, mm -hmm. Rob, I'm sorry. I think I think I cut you off there. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I kind of wanted to just follow up a little bit more on that on that interview process or that process you're going through. And I think you kind of mentioned it, but I uh, maybe help us out a little more. Onlinejobs.ph is what you're using or have you used any of the others? What's your kind of go-to or do you kind of look at all of them? We, um, onlinejobs.ph uh, is kind of our go-to, but our HR manager will also post it in different like forums or like mm -hmm. Facebook group that, you know, the Philippine worker sometimes congregate in. They say, oh, oh. there's the latest post. Here's the latest opening we have. Uh, come check it out. You know, just trying to promote or at least get that position out there as much as we can. So that's that's the way we are currently doing it. But uh, we, we do find a lot of it from online jobs. And uh, we actually ask them to go check out the job opening at online jobs mm -hmm. as well. So uh, if we post it in other forums. So just yeah. keep our process a little bit more standardized. So we oh, don't need okay. to check like multiple marketplaces because there's a lot other job board that we look into in the past as well. Yeah, okay. that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Because I, I was going to ask, are you just telling them to look at it on online jobs so that they know it's a reputable, legit posting? Then they apply there too. They're, they're, they're applying they apply. that too. Okay. Yeah, they apply yeah. there too. That makes sense. That's yeah. a good so tip. That's Have everybody one nice feature one with online jobs. You can uh, do like a background check on the candidate based oh, on. Oh, nice. I mean, uh, well, it's, it's very basic. It's not like a like a criminal record check. But what they are yeah. checking is like their like histories that using online job, are they using multiple accounts? Sometimes online job can detect that. Are they, uh, while they are working for you, are they also applying to multiple positions? Because that could be a red flag. It's like, um, are they really committed or like, are they just want to work for like five different companies at the same time? Because usually one more thing uh, we try to do is when we hire, we usually don't hire for freelancer or like hire someone part-time. We tried that originally many years ago, but it just usually doesn't turn out very well because the people is not fully committed into your vision. And it's almost impossible to really build a strong culture around like a team of freelancers that only work 10 hours a week. It's yeah. really hard to do that uh, compared to like working, uh, hiring someone full time that are fully committed. And for our current teams, uh, we not only provide uh, monthly pay, we also provide quarterly bonus and we also provide some uh, benefit. 
uh, for example, like healthcare's and their uh, I think it's called Pagibi. It's one of the housing fund in Philippines that we also provide. Uh, the way we do it is we reimburse them, so they go apply themselves using their name because we don't have a business entity in Philippines, but they can apply under their personal account to apply for like social securities and healthcare's and you know retirement like mm -hmm. the housing retirement fund. I think that's what it's called. And then we if they give us a receipt, we do reimburse them for it. And of course, there's a cap in our company policy on how much, like, what is the maximum we uh, kind of reimburse. But that's mm -hmm. kind of how we do it uh, currently to, you know, make sure people stay. Because I feel like one thing that uh, people don't talk about is, oh, we talk about hiring, but no one really talk about retention. <laughs> because yeah, retention yeah. is even more important. You spend all this time hiring, training, onboarding these people. You don't want them to leave after a week. Then you just wasted right. all this effort for nothing. So uh, the way we trying to do it is just we're trying to treat our team member as as uh, as well as we can, and also create a strong culture. So we have actually pretty high retention rate right now as a company uh, since we restructured a lot of our processes about uh, about a year ago. Now the current retention is almost a hundred percent. We haven't have anyone left mm -hmm. since we kind of migrate and improve a lot of our internal processes and updating our company policies and you know, try to treat people the way they want to get treated. So amazing. Yeah. We're, we're actually going to take a quick break here from our sponsors. And then I want to ask you more about how to attract those job seekers as an Amazon seller. So we'll be right back in just a second. Did you know that Amazon probably owes you money for FBA reimbursements? Get $400 in free FBA reimbursements at katita.com slash sellernomics. All right, y'all be sure to head over to gatita.com forward slash sellernomics for the first 400 in FBA reimbursements. We are back with Jason, Sh Jason Shea. Wow, I do that every time I see your name. <laughs> Jason Shea talking about why hiring is vital to an Amazon seller's success. So Jason, you were talking about kind of some of these aspects that make working for you attractive to these job seekers, like the work from home with the housing reimbursement for the housing fund, you know, healthcare sometimes even, but for an Amazon seller, who's maybe a one person shop looking for their first or second hire, they can't necessarily afford to pay for healthcare for, for these employees. So what are some of the things that they can do to help attract folks to working for their Amazon store? Well, one thing, first of all, is, um, the number is, is actually pretty affordable. It depends on how you structure your um, you know, comprehension, uh, compensation structure. I think last time when I was looking at the benefit uh, that we're paying out for a team member, um, I have a spreadsheet I pulled up. It's actually about, um, about $500 per quarter. So it's about $100 a okay. month per team member. So if you want to like, offer that additional benefit, like I mentioned, the housing fund, social security system, and uh, healthcare and other stuff. So um, from the Western perspective, uh, if you look at the overall picture, it's actually not a huge additional fee on top of why you're already paying the, the VA. Mm -hmm. um, so something to consider, of course, it does add a little bit more complexity, complexity, but to answer your question about how do you attract the best people, uh, I feel like you just need to be very uh, transparent and you know talk mm -hmm. about like what is 
the main things that make you difference. And the way I like to um, talk about, or at least what we like to include for our company is uh, because our current structure is kind of unique. We not only run an agency, we also run an in-house a kids brand and the kids brand itself is actually we design product for kids with special needs because my son has special needs so that's like a like a huge personal story behind it and even so we don't intentionally look for people that have connections with people with special needs but we naturally attract them to the application so to give you a real example like half of my teams they actually have some kind of relationship. Either they have a kid that's on the spectrum or with some kind of special need. Actually, our brand success manager used to be a special education teacher. So it just tend like when you put your story out there, you can attract the people that really resonate with like why this company even started. And I often heard multiple times you, you doing the interview process, like, oh, I apply because I love the story that like mm -hmm. behind the company and why the company started. And I really want to have an opportunity work and make an impact in people's life, especially for our in-house brand, which is really helping uh, people on the spectrum with uh, special educations and some of our product. And we also partner with nonprofit. But having some kind of story like that really help you stand out in uh, seeds of hundreds of companies they can work for, right? Because on the other side of the spectrum, you also need to consider on the candidate side, they can work for a lot of different companies. There's a lot of like... Um, Amazon or e-commerce company that's looking to hire right now. And how can you stand out? It's like, you just need to share the story behind like what is your brand like unique. And, and sometimes that in itself can, can attract people to your organization. So. Yeah. What, what about, uh, you know, you're talking about like hiring all these great people and everything or, but are you setting up success measurements? Like anything like, Hey, you got to hit this goal within a certain amount of time. And do you have mm -hmm. people kind of keep an eye on that or yourself maybe keep an eye on that? So the way that's a good, wonderful question. So the way we currently do it, because we follow EOS, uh, stand for Entrepreneur Operating System, is the same book called uh, Traction, if you want to look it up by mm -hmm. Gio Wickman, where he talk about like, what is the best business management philosophy? And part of that structure, he talked about goal setting and he referred usually, call, he call it rocks. Uh, well, in the lemon turn, it's really quarterly goals. So the way we do it is we assign three quarterly goals to every single team members. And uh, we actually attach that to the quarterly uh, bonus structures. So if they achieve and complete each of the quarterly goal, they get 25% of their quarterly bonus. If they achieve all three, they get 75%. And company will also have a company-wide uh, like a, a quarterly goal. If company also achieve that, then everyone get that remaining 25%. That's kind of one way to keep them kind of accountable for like high, like quarterly objective and also keep them motivated at the same time. Mm -hmm. And for the new employees, usually we will set like a 30 day goals instead of a 90 days because we do have like a 30 day kind of a trial period for the new mm -hmm. employees to see how they ramp up and whether or not it's going to be a good fit for the organizations. But on an ongoing basis, we try to review and revise that on the on the quarterly basis for the for the goals and of course we have annual goals as well so yeah I, I love that i love that kind of like motivating not only the independent to do their their job and to do it well but also if the company makes its goal then then everybody's going to get this incentive so drives that teamwork forward so what do you do if you make a bad hire like despite your best efforts you communicate what the job is what's expected what the culture yeah. is have you ever made a bad hire and what 
how did you have to correct that? Definitely. I think every single business owner <laughs> have that hire is unavoidable. It's just, you know, part of the process. But we implement what is called a, a three strike rule. So the first, like like a major like hiccup or major mistake, we'll definitely uh you know have a discussions uh with the team members, and then the second time we'll have another discussion. Usually we'll even uh, ask them to uh, submit like a basic uh like a it's I think it's called a, a performance improvement plan. It's called like a PIP, and uh, then if they do it again, and so each time if something doesn't happen, we're given like a grace period, and the third time is really like the final showdown. <laughs> it's like, are you going to change or are you not going to change? Because if we, it also depends on what is the, you know, the main reason that we think they are a bad hire. Is it because mm. the culture or is it because they are not on top of the scenes or the deliverable? What is the main reason? And we'll see whether or not they really want to recover and really want to, you know, have a better uh, performance at the end. But unfortunately, it it happens. It, it despite of all the best effort, all the best practice, you will still have bad hire. It's just it's just human nature. <laughs> Sometimes they they act a little bit differently through the interviewing process than who they really are. And we, we try to, that's why we try to implement all this system in place, try to kind of see through that and see if we can be a really a good match. But unfortunately, sometimes it just still doesn't turn out to, to both their expectation and ours. So Yeah. That's, that's why I like that you have such a robust recruitment and interview process, despite everybody being remote. I, I think back to, I, I used to work for a family entertainment center called Brunswick Zone, now, now purchased by Bolero. But part of our interview, we had a group interview and we all had to get together and play the game catchphrase, which was Whoa. this like disc electronic game where it would give you like a category and you had to like act out or describe the category to the person next to you. So you had to be really animated and interactive and communicate well with these complete strangers you'd never met before. And that was our interviewing process. And I got out of that interview and I was like, what just <laughs> happened? But oh. the people who weren't really like, matching what they were looking for that weren't high energy. You know, we were working with kids all the time. We had bowling and laser tag and pool and, and arcade. So they wanted people who were going to be really animated and really interactive to work yeah. there. And they found this really creative way of testing that in real time. Cause you're right. Especially with like video interviews or phone calls or email, you can portray a different version of yourself than you can in a really interactive setting. So I, yeah. I like that you guys have this really robust program to, try and weed that out as, as much as possible. So, so what did you learn then from that experience of, you know, if you can think of one of having a bad hire where they just weren't a fit, what did you learn from that? And how did that kind of shape or evolve your recruiting and maybe training process moving forward? I think one of the biggest lessons is I, I'm a people person and I don't like to let people go. And sometimes maybe I'm a little bit too lenient and the person stay on for longer than they should be. And that's kind of the biggest problem because like, oh, I've, I feel like I have a connection to this person and I really want to help them with the, their personal goal and hopefully they can also help our company go at the same time. But what hap often happened, I, I, one of the biggest lessons I learned is as a business owner, we are trying to create a professional teams. So I'm a big basketball fan. So I like to refer to NBA teams. So if you think about NBA teams, one of my favorite coaches, Phil Jackson, he lead 
uh, the Chicago Bulls and also LA Lakers. He have one of the most NBA championship uh, in the NBA record. But one of the main thing that very unique about him is he really focusing on like mindset development. That's why like I think he's the only NBA uh, coach I know that do group meditation with NBA players. So what I'm trying to do uh, in my current process is once a week doing the all hand meeting, which we have on Monday, we do a group meditation as well. So, and we also try to like roll out different incentives. Like last quarter, we're like doing like an accountability program almost on um, fitness. So each week we'll meet and talk about fitness go. <laughs> it's like, are you working out? Are you exercising? You know, just, you know, it's trying to make the discussion more, it's a little bit beyond just like the work, 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 but also some personal aspect. And this year, actually, I'm happy to announce that we are going to do an in-person company event in Philippines in summers. And uh, I'm actually, me and my uh, my sister, she's my uh, marketing director. Me and her is going to fly into the uh, Philippines and me with the rest of the team. Actually, a lot of the team members we have, this is our first time meeting them in person as well. So uh, I, I, that's going to be, a, I'm actually very looking forward to that. And uh, I think it's going to be a great event for the for the team. So yeah, but going back to your original question, sorry, I got sidetracked. Okay. But the original question about like the hardest part uh, is definitely like making that difficult decision because going back to the NBA reference, if the player is not performed, you have to trade them. That's mm. just the nature of a professional team, right? Is it doesn't matter like how much you like them. If they are not scoring on the scoreboard, then you have to trade them. Otherwise, there's no way the team is gonna win. So yeah. I think that's one of the mindset shift I I went through because originally I was trying. Oh, they are like kind of our families, and I could not let them go. It's like oh, I'm gonna let them down. But at the end, it's a competition. Like NBA, like just like NBA, Amazon is a huge competition as well. Yeah. And, we are trying to put together the best team to win and score as much as we can yeah. in that competition arena. So that's like a mindset shift I have to do along the along the years. But I feel like I'm still not the best, but I'm trying to be <laughs> I'm trying to be a better coach. <laughs> so. I mean, yeah, because you you never want to like I I've never had to lay anybody off. It it I don't think I'd be very good at it. I think I would cry as much as they would, right? But you're right. If it if it's not a fit for both of you, if it's not going to serve their personal and professional development to continue with the company and what they're doing is not serving the business, then it's it's best to it's like it's like a relationship. You gotta break up, but it's hard, but it's necessary for growth. So that's yeah, because the other thing is it could be two ways. The other things I have early on in, in my entrepreneurial journey is I hire too early and too fast. I was just mm. too eager to oh, okay, let's delegate, delegate, delegate. Let's hire like five, six, seven VA. But then I have like bigger, more people than I know what to do with them. So that's like another common pitfall. It's like, okay, okay, VA is affordable. Let's go out and hire 10 of them. <laughs> but then you don't have enough work or you don't have enough like robust processes to keep mm. everyone in check. And that can be like kind of overwhelming for someone that's kind of new to like uh, team buildings and, you know, team management. And to be honest, I'm not the best hiring manager. That's why I hire HR manager because <laughs> I don't like the interview process. It's like very stressful for me. Yeah, <laughs> looking to all the applicants and making that like decisions, like who is going to go through the first round, it, it can be quite stre stressful. So. Oh yeah. And and there's and there's legal landmines that you have to avoid too, right? There's only certain things you can ask and you can't ask this and things like that. So it's 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 hard, definitely. So yeah, I recommend getting somebody who's trained in hiring to do the hiring. Um 
Jason, this, this has been absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much. We, I'd love to hear more about seller fuel and what it is that you guys do and how you're helping sellers. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, so that, that kind of caught me off guard here. I was asking another hiring question. So, uh, yeah. So, Seller Fuel, we are a full service uh, marketing agency, and uh, we do uh, Amazon account management (PPC), and we also uh, help the seller to build external uh, lists, um, especially with emails and SMS marketing. That's kind of some of uh, that's those kind of our core services. So Amazon email and SMS. Uh, the reason why we do kind of Amazon alongside with like external marketing, like building. Uh, well, helping the seller to build their own customer database is because based on my experience also running on Amazon, if you only rely on Amazon, you are kind of gambling in, I like to call the Amazon casino, and you get assigned to a slot machine that doesn't always work. Uh, as we know, uh, that's why uh, Gadita is here to get the people to, to get the money back from Amazon because Amazon keep on taking monies and losing inventories, damage inventory, and never give you the money back. So, uh, and once worst thing about Amazon, I feel like is you don't get any customer information nowadays, right? You don't even know their names. You don't know their uh, addresses, no emails. You, you, you're not even allowed to contact them based on Amazon TOS. So what we really help our clients to do is uh, first understanding what is your core avatar and how can we create that customer avatar that you can attract on and off Amazon, right? So that's kind of one of the core things that we do as an agency. And of course, it depends on the, the people we're working for. And we are a very small agency compared to some of the others. And so we try to be very hands-on with mm -hmm. the client that we're currently working with. And uh, that's kind of what makes us a little bit different. But I guess one thing that uh, uh, if you, for those sellers that's looking for uh, expanding beyond Amazon, and that's something I would love to have a conversation with them and, you know, brainstorm some idea together and show some of the case study that we have done with different brands that is that we're trying to do email and SMS marketing outside of uh, outside of Amazon. And for our in-house brand, we have some success with external marketing. Currently, we have about 30,000 uh, email lists with our in-house brand. Of course, this doesn't happen over a few days is like right. over the years uh, that we we done a lot of external uh, marketing uh, that to build that list up. But at the end of the day, we can use that list not only to do uh, product launches, but also product research as well. You can survey the list because they are your uh, like customer, mm -hmm. and then you can also create like a communities. You can create Facebook group. There's a lot of different like creative way you can you can do different type of marketing that you cannot do when you're only in the Amazon uh, casino or the Amazon sandbox, so to speak. So that's kind of what we help mostly the client to do. We'll look at their Amazon current efforts, see how we can augment it, and how can we also help bring external traffic. So the main three pillars we help people with is really listing optimization, profit optimization, and external traffic. Those are the three pillars that we help the, the brand that we're working with on helping them optimizing those three main pillars. Amazing. And if a seller needs help in one of the, those three pillars and they're interested in working with you, where can they reach out and find more info? Yeah, so you can find uh, our agency's information at uh, seller-field.com or you can just email me directly at jasonh at 
seller-field.com. I would love to have a conversation with you uh, and you know, give you some ideas and see if we are right fit. If not, uh, I can give you some uh, pointers on what is the best direction to go to because a lot of the seller we talk to, they are looking or thinking about growing beyond Amazon, but they don't know where to start. So that's some like I I would love to uh, have some brainstorming session with some of the sellers and just sharing some of our experience. Perfect. Again, you guys at seller-fuel.com. You can reach out to Jason directly at jasonh at seller-fuel.com. Jason, thank you so much for this. This was wonderful. And I want to give another plug to your Prime Talk episode coming out soon because it really is such an inspiring story about your personal brand and how you came to finding Seller Fuel. I, I really want people to go listen to it. I loved interviewing you. It was such a good time. Um, but th thank you again so much for being here on the Sellernomics show. We appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. thank you for both of your time. Thank you so much. And thank you for everybody who listened today. Be sure to let us know your thoughts on this episode in the comments. Ring that bell for notifications, subscribe, and we will see you on the next one. Thanks for joining us this week on the Sellernomics podcast. Special thanks to our sponsor, Gatita. Did you know that Amazon probably owes you money for FBA reimbursements? Get $400 in free FBA reimbursements at gatita.com slash Sellernomics. Be sure to join us again next week for more great tips on how to grow your business. And thanks again for listening.